what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in our midst, I want to confirm that through His Word this morning. Hallelujah. Junior high, you're dismissed to go to your classes at this time. We're in a study of the book of Jude, that very brief letter that Jude writes to the church. It's a letter that is so necessary for the church today, and as it's speaking of how the, the, the enemy has infiltrated the church and weakened it to such a state that Jude warns them to be aware and that the enemy has crept in and diluted the gospel and diluted the church from its mission and its call. And the answer is found in Jude verses 20 and 21. It's our theme for the year. And we're going to break that down over the next three weeks. And Jude 20 says this, but you, beloved, you're the beloved. You're those who know the Lord, who follow after him with your whole heart. And while there are those who are straying from the faith and those weakening the church, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. The world may be crumbling and the church may be weakening, but you, beloved, stand. You, beloved, build yourselves up. Gird up your loins. It's time to become strong as the people of God. Amen? Amen. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. He's talking about faith, and faith means what you trust and what you walk in. It's one thing to say, I believe. It's another thing that you must walk in the ways of the Lord. As a matter of fact, do you know that 70% of Americans today say they believe in Jesus? But after a recent Barna research poll, they found out that only 6% of that 70 actually lives a life of faith with a biblical worldview. So you can take the name Christian because you're born in the West because you were born in a nation that talks about Jesus and celebrates Easter and Christmas. But that is not a Christianity that follows after the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a remnant of 6% that would follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe I'm talking to that crowd right now. I believe I'm talking to that community of believers that wants to build up their faith. Not tear it down, not water it down, not lessen it, not keep it quiet, not have it just be convenient, but a faith that is built, a faith that is secured. And he qualifies what kind of faith we're talking about. We're not talking about a head knowledge. We're not talking about the fact that you can recite the Lord's Prayer. You should be living it. It's one thing to confess what you believe. It's another thing to live it day after day after day. He says it's a most holy faith. Amen. He uses this word holy, it's hagios in the Greek, and it takes two English words to comprise the sense of its holiness. The most holy faith. This is a sacred faith, sanctified faith. A people who separate themselves from the way of the world and separate from the, from the activity of pursuing personal gain. 
but instead pursuing their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's the same word, most holy faith, that is used in the book of Hebrews for the holy place in the tabernacle. This is a faith that is the faith of those who are called to be kings and priests in the kingdom of God. Is that you? This group right over here. Well, a little leaven, let them, let them leaven it up. This is a most holy faith. This is not a Sunday morning faith. This is a 24-7 faith. And that's what was the ministry of the priests in the tabernacle. And so it's a most holy faith. In fact, when we look at the priest, the most holy place in the tabernacle, there was an outer court to the tabernacle where the brazen altar was, where the sacrifice was made for sin. Then there was a water laver where the priests would wash before they entered into the tabernacle. And in the tabernacle, it was split between two sections. The inner court in that tabernacle was called the holy place. And that's what... Uh, Jude is saying, your faith should take place as the holy place, as the priests minister unto the Lord in that sacred place. It's a hidden place. It's a place where your heart is right with God. Then there's a veil and a curtain because beyond that is the holy of holies. It's the place where God's own presence would abide. And in that holy place was the presence of God, but in the holy place where the priests ministered, there were three very important pieces of furniture there. And if you're going to build your faith up, your most holy faith, you need to maintain as the priests these three set things that were to minister before God. One was the lampstand. And the priests were to make sure that the fire never went out. I'm going to say it one more time. That the fire what? never goes out. Build up your most holy faith. Stoke this fire. Cause this fire to burn zealously. It can never go out. In fact, that's what the celebration of Hanukkah was. They barely had enough oil, but the oil lasted and lasted and lasted 10 days beyond where there seemed to be any oil. It's a most holy faith. And so you're to trim the wicks. You're to keep the fire burning. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. He is a person. He doesn't seep out. He doesn't dull out. You can't waste him out. He burns with the zeal of God's own life. Keep your lampstand lit. And secondly, there was the table of showbread. Each loaf, there were 12 loaves representing the 12 tribes. And the priests were to eat of this bread, this bread of life, this hidden manna. This is the bread of Christ's word. We're to eat his word daily. We're to know his word. We're to discern the times and know what to do because these are wicked days where people are saying there is no truth. But I can tell you there's truth. I'm eating it right now. I'm chewing on it. And it satisfies me. It fills me. It's everything I need. It's the bread of life. It's Christ himself. And so if you're going to build up your most holy faith, you've got to stay in the Word. I'm appreciative that you do your little morning devotion, but that ain't enough. That's a cracker when you should be feasting on the bread of life. Amen? Amen. Nothing, 
Nothing against your devotion, but it should be a 24-7 understanding of the Word. Everything passes through the Word of God. We test all things through the Word of God. I listen to the news through the Word of God. I'm going to test what the headlines say through the Word of God. My Instagram may tell me one story, but the Word of God's going to tell me another. Last of all, there is the altar of incense where the incense fire should always remain and it is a sweet savor unto God. The incense, an altar of incense we know through the book of Revelation is the prayer of the saints. And the prayers go continually before God. We're a people who should be a fire, a beacon in this dark world that tells them the truth of God's word and offers prayers on their behalf. They don't know God. They're lost and in the dark. But we, the church, are interceding for your neighbor, for your friends, for your co-workers. You're keeping a fire before God. Save the city of Detroit. Save the city of Roseville. Save East Point. Save Michigan. That's building up a most holy faith because you have become sacred as priests before God. And now he says what you're supposed to do is build it up. Epicodomeo means to finish the structure on which the foundation has already been laid. You're not building from scrap. You're not building up your ability to to understand Christ. You're building on the foundation of Jesus Christ, which was already laid 2,000 years ago. You're building a faith built upon the apostles. You're building a faith built upon the church fathers and those that have gone before us, those who have lived and died and given their lives for the sake of the gospel, those who have been missionaries throughout the world, those who have pastors, preachers, those who have been faithful people who have stood before you, and we now stand on their prayers, and we offer prayers for our children too. We're on a foundation. It's a sure foundation. It's a tried stone. It's a precious cornerstone. He that believes will not be put to shame. This foundation is a rock. Jesus told a story once, and he said, if you're going to build something, you need to build it on a rock. There was a man who built a house, and he built it on a rock. And there was another man who built a house, and he built it on sand. And when the storms of life came and blew through, guess whose house remained? The one who builds on the rock. Build up your most holy faith on the foundation of Christ and Christ alone. It's not Jesus and uh, some uh, church doctrine. It's not Jesus and some committee you belong to. It's not Jesus and some title you have. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. He's the foundation. In fact, he asked his apostles. He said, hey, who do people say I am? You could ask that 70% of the Americans who say they believe in Jesus. Well, who is that Jesus that you believe in? Well, he's the cosmic guru. He's, the, he's a really good teacher. He was a great rabbi. He's one of the ways to God. Jesus will ask this question of everyone. Who do you say that I am? It's not based on popular opinion. It's not based on the latest poll. Who do you say that I am? And Peter said as something stirred in him, he couldn't hold it back, he couldn't stop, his mind became flooded from thoughts of heaven and everything that he saw Jesus do and everything he heard Jesus say. And he came to one conclusion, thou art the Messiah, the son of the living God. 
You're right, Peter. You are right, and you didn't figure that out on your own, but my Father revealed that to you. And then he said this, Thou art Petros, and upon this rock I will build, I will build my church. The most holy faith is built on this. And we've got churches who are arguing as to who has the right to Peter. We, they think that Jesus said, uh, you're right, Peter, and on you I'm going to build my church. So they claim him as the Pope, the first succession from Jesus, and that from him, and if we keep a steady lineage from Peter to the next, to the next, to the next, that they hand down this line of popes, that, that maybe we'll have the right church. And so between the Roman Catholic and the Greek Orthodox, we fight over who has the right succession to Peter, and you've missed it. It's not about some human lineage of one pope to another. Peter, he says, you are Petros, which is a small pebble. But upon this rock, which is a mountain, I will build my church. What is the rock? His confession. It's the confession. Thou art Messiah, the son of the living God. That's what the church is built on. That is the rock of our confession by faith. Build up on that, that Jesus is Messiah. He's the Son of the living God. And upon your faith, upon that confession, you will grow. And the church will be built upon the confession that Jesus is Lord. Amen? Amen. So we're building on a foundation that has already been laid. And Paul says, can there be any other foundation which is laid than that of Christ Jesus? Peter's not the rock. The confession is the rock. And so Paul says this, about that foundation, we're supposed to build our faith. And he says, there's a day when we're going to have the great architect come and review what you've built on the foundation he gave to you. He says in 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 15, now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. So your holy faith is going to be examined. There's a test at the end. There's a quiz, an exam at the end of this uh, uh, event of life. And it will come with fire. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he'll receive a reward, praise God. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but as through fire. Now we're all going to stand before Jesus and he's going to say, what did you do with what I invested in you? Lord, what did you invest in me? My spirit. What did you do with the spirit life I put in you? Now, first, if you're standing before Jesus at the Bema seat, at the judgment seat of Christ, you can rejoice you're in. Hallelujah. This is not a test of whether you're saved or not. It's a test of what you did with your salvation. And so you're going to build on your faith, but what are you building on the foundation of your faith? How is your faith increasing? Are you building with wood, hay, and straw? Because I know wood, hay, and straw can be blown down by an enemy and the hair on his chinny-chin-chin. <laughs> and if your mama didn't tell you that bedtime story, someone else can. 
They're weak. They are not strong. They're easily found and easily gathered. And when fire comes, they burn up immediately. You know, we've got wood, hay, and stubble churches. The church of St. Straw. The, the, the church of four logs. The church of stubble. We've got them where we're making sure people are entertained. We're making sure that people are comfortable. We're making sure that you have everything you need accessible to you for an easy believism. But when trouble comes, when the storms come, and when the fire of persecution comes, they will burn up. It's only when you dig deep that you can find the gold. It's only when you burrow down into the earth that you will find the silver and the precious stones. It's hidden in Christ. It's hidden in Him. And you've got to build your faith up. These precious things, gold, silver, precious stones, when fire comes upon them, they in fact become more pure and strengthened. That's the kind of fire. That's the kind of of material we need to build our faith on. So I don't know where you're at, but if I preach a fiery sermon, maybe it'll burn away some of the straw. Maybe it'll burn away some of the stubble. Amen? But it ain't up to me. He says, you build up your faith. If you're waiting for the pastor to build your faith, you're waiting a long time. I can't touch your faith. All I can do is give the word. You've got to build your faith up. If there's a failure in any kind of faith, I'm sorry to say, it's your fault. Oh. You're going to stand before Jesus. I got my own appointment. I'm worried about that. You take care of yourself. But I'm going to inspect what I've got. I have to inspect. I got wood, hay, and stubble. I got gold, silver, precious stone. I know I'm carrying wood, hay, and stubble. That I know. But I need the deeper things. And so you're responsible to build up your own faith. So let's take a look at what could this be, this gold. Well, Peter says that your faith is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is more precious than mere gold. So the gold is an example of your faith. It is costly. It has been tried and it is true. It has been refined in the fire. Has anybody here gone through some tests? Anybody here gone through some trials? You know, when you got saved, that was the most precious gold that you could purchase that you could believe in Jesus Christ and through that you've been given and how many of you know once you got saved oh it's been an easy easy time it's been good life's been good life's easy when you're a Christian you got everything going your way we've got churches that preach that too and then they're confused because they don't know what happened I stood in faith and God didn't come through the way I wanted Him to. Well, that's God refining. And we find that many times we got to hold on to our faith to get through. How many of you know we live in a world that's fallen in sin? We're surrounded by people that are sinners. 
and an evil generation. And so we've got to combat that. We've got to come against that. And that is like a cauldron that refines the gold of your faith. And you have to build it up and you have to stand. And having done all, what are you supposed to do? Stand. You stand. Stand through the fire because you'll never be alone in that fire. There's always a fourth man in the fire with us. Amen? You will go through it. For I have called you by name. Though you walk through the waters or pass through the fire, I will be there with you. That is a gold refined by fire. That's the power of the Holy Spirit in you, that fire that doesn't go out. And then the silver, what could that be? The Lord's promises are pure like silver refined in a furnace, purified seven times over. That means to perfection. The Word of God is made perfect in you as you live it out. That's what it means to have a rhema word. We've got the logos word, which is the written word. But when you live that written word out, it becomes alive or rhema word. It becomes living. You're living out the scriptures. You, as Paul said, have become written epistles by which everybody reads the scriptures through you and through your actions because you've built up your faith by the promises of God. That's a true faith. You hang in there as gold and silver. And then I think of uh, the precious stones. What could they be? Those precious stones are much like the stones on the high priest's vestige. His ephod had a plate that had 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And those precious stones would reflect the glory of God upon the 12 tribes as the high priest interceded on behalf of the people of God. Your prayers and your intercession builds your most holy faith. How many of you cried out at night those prayers that you just prayed in your prayer closet? Jesus said, don't be like the Pharisees out on the street corners powdering your face so you look like you're in a fast. He said, you pray your prayers in a prayer closet. You go deep with me. You wrestle with me. You cry out to me. And these prayers are intercessions of the priest to the high priest. And if there's ever a time this nation needs a, a group of prayer warriors, it's today. It's right now. It's a church that needs to pray. We need a people that have a most holy faith in this land who will intercede day and night on behalf of this land, who will walk out the promises of God in their life, who will have a faith that's pure as gold, not tarnished. The wood, hay, and stubble, you've got to start figuring out right now what you'll invest your faith in. Some of you have been investing your faith in things too easy. Too easy. And it's time. You know, you don't put Jesus in your back pocket. You don't carry Christianity around with you for convenience. Your prayer life is not a coffee break now and then. Said so you're to pray without ceasing. You're always interceding. You're always in touch with the Holy Spirit. You're always aware you have a testimony. Someone's watching your faith. You always have the promises of God on your lips and in your mouth. We're a people prepared and ready to give. Some of you go, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do in front of that judgment seat of Christ. All I'm going to have is wood, hay, and stubble. I'm not much. Uh, my 
my job, what I do. I get up in the morning, then I go to work. I work eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. I come home, I eat, and then I do a few things around the house, and I go back to bed, and I do it all over again. When am I ever going to do anything for Jesus? I'll tell you when you do it. When you get up and you get ready to go to work, you already begin to pray and to intercede and to know the promises of God and study the Word. When you're driving there, you're listening to the Word of God. You're understanding the teachings of the Word. When you're at work, you're interceding for the guys up the line and down the other side of the line. You're greeting people in the love of Jesus Christ. People who have prayer and have needs, they come to you because you're the high priest of that shop where you work. Where you work, the kingdom works. They come to you for answers and you begin to intercede and pray for them. And on the way home when you're returning, you stop because you see someone in need and you get out and you witness to them and you care for them. You get home and you bless your wife or your wife bless your husband. And then you eat together and you thank God for the food you have and the roof over your head. You thank God you can pay the bills. And that night you come together and you enjoy your family. You enjoy your life and you give God praise for all of it. And you lay your head on the pillow thanking God. God for his goodness and by the end of the day you didn't know it but you just collected gold silver and precious stones but pastor I don't have a ministry I don't have a a, a, a media outlet I don't have a teaching program that I can tell others I don't have this in fact I got to raise my kids and they're driving me nuts they won't listen to me <laughs> I don't know what to do and it just seems like there's not much that I'm doing but every day you're praying for those souls every day you're pouring out and praying oh God I hope I didn't damage them too badly today God save them and let them win the world Lord Jesus and you work at your house and you see the neighbors and and you go to the stores but all day long you're building up your most holy faith relying on the word of God to get you through you found out your sister-in-law's moving in because she lost her house and you're praying oh God help us But that faith to stand fast and to help her through is going to minister. All these things are not side things. They're main things. Everything in your life can be redeemed into gold, silver, and precious stones. It's not the title you wear. It's who you are in faith. We're all going to be surprised when we get there. And we're going to see a pile of gold and silver precious stones. We go, oh my gosh, is that the Apostle Paul? Am I behind him? Did he go before me? Who is this? And it's little Granny Smith that walks up that nobody knew about. Little Granny Smith who was in her prayer closet day and night studying the Word and mentoring younger women and teaching them. Had a phone ministry because her arthritis couldn't get her walking. But she would write people and she would phone them and she would share her faith. And it was gold, silver, precious stones. And we would wonder, who is this woman? Just like Jesus said to the little old widow who gave her last two pennies. And she said she put all the Pharisees to shame. Gold, silver, build up your most precious, your most holy faith. Build it up in everything you do. Redeem everything back to God for its precious. 
Because I want to tell you something. You know that most holy place that you were ministering into, that candle stand, that lamp stand, that altar of incense, that table of showbread, you'd minister before the Lord, but there was a curtain there between the holy of holies. But I want to tell you something. That curtain got torn in two, ripped open. So now there's not two rooms in the tabernacle. There's one. And now all your priestly efforts aren't behind a curtain. They're before the very throne of God 24-7. 24-7. You're honoring your Lord and your Master. But it's hard. It's hard to do this. We get weary. We get tired. I think of sickness. I think of times when you know, uh, uh, in a marriage, in weddings, we say our vows for richer or for poorer, for, for right, for better or for worse. In sickness and in health, what we do is we say vows that will, will try to stretch out to the bounds of what we would make a commitment to. How many of you know when you got saved, Jesus made a commitment to you for richer, for poorer, sickness and health? For better, for worse, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Amen? I know marriages, they, they got married, and, and a month after their marriage, someone got very sick and very ill in the marriage, and it altered all their hopes, all their expectations. What do you do with that? You turn it into gold, silver, and precious stones. You work with what you have in life. You pray to God for uh, Him to change the situation. Many of you have been stuck in very difficult places. You've got people with cancer. You've got friends and family who are very ill. What do we do? We bring gold, silver, and precious stones. We intercede for them. We pray for them. And we pray that the years they have in their lives, that they're going to serve God and going to love God. Some of you wondered, why did I have to go to the doctors? Why did I have to spend that time in the hospital? Because you're on assignment. God's got you to do something wherever you're at. Redeem the days. Amen? Amen? But we need each other because we can't do this alone. You're supposed to build up your most holy faith, but we need each other to build up the faith as a remnant people. We need each other. And the same Greek word of build up your most holy faith, building up. Paul said this in Romans 14, 19. Let us therefore make every effort. I'm sorry, what kind of an effort? You came here with every effort. You're here Sunday morning to make what kind of an effort? every effort to what leads to peace and mutual edification or building up. You came here not just to build up your faith, you're sitting in that chair to build up your neighbor's faith. Tell your neighbor you're welcome. Tell your neighbor, I'm here for you. I'm here to build your faith. Amen. You didn't think about that. You thought you were coming here for you. What if we changed our mindset and knew that I got to get to church because somebody needs me today? I got to get to church because I got something to give to somebody. How many of you are prayed up by the time between the car, parking lot and the, and the altar? You're prayed up because God's got something for you to give away. Amen? It's more blessed to give than receive. That's when you're finding the gold, silver, precious stones coming out. Praise God. He says in Thessalonians, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Amen. 
Look at, he's encouraging them even in that statement. He says, you're doing it. You're doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Encourage one another. Build one another up. I'm telling you that if a church will build up its most holy faith through the Word of God, the Spirit, and through intercession, we will have a strong remnant. We may not be the 70%, but the 6% is going to start ministering to the rest of the world. Amen. There are so many people out there absolutely lost and blind to Jesus Christ, and you're going to show and introduce Jesus to them because you've built up your most holy faith. But there are things that block our faith. We're trying to build it up, but there are things that trouble us, things that block it. What are some of the things that work against you strengthening your faith? Yeah. Condemnation. Satan. Fear. Doubt. Guilt. Shame. All these things. Can I tell you there's a remedy for everything that we name? Jesus, the love of God. There is a solution, but sometimes we get blocked up, clogged up, right? Any of you got a sink in your house that just the water goes down a little slower in that sink than any other? you got to unclog that thing. Some of us have clogged pipes in our faith life. Some of us are wounded. Some of us have unforgiveness. Some of us have scars from the past. You can't trust. You put your trust in people. How many of you have put your trust in people in faith? Trusted leaders, trusted people. And next thing you know, they failed you. It hurts. How many of you put faith in God and prayed a certain way and it didn't come out that way? And that damages your faith, doesn't it? You wonder, should I trust God? I always love that question because what else you got? I mean, you live long enough, no, you can't trust you. So are you going to put your faith in something else? There's nothing else. Could it be that we just don't understand the magnificence of our God? That he's working above all that we ask or could even imagine. He's in the realm of his imagination. I'd rather trust in that than my imagination. And so we're going to need each other because we get times where I could be on fire, but something could happen to me and I'm, I'm down. And we need each other to build each other up. Aaron and her came alongside of Moses because his arms were so weak in the battle. He couldn't keep up the staff of God, and they had to build up a support system. Listen, in these days, Jude says, you have to build up your most holy faith. And he's not only talking about us as individuals, but us as a church. And in these days, Christ's community, we've got to build each other up, and we've got to stand strong, and we've got to have a faith that will endure. Can I get an amen on that? Stand with me this morning as we build up your faith in God.